0: Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, the Cusp Show, Sloan MIT edition. I'm Joe Favorito. I'm going to do this one solo, and our guest today is Terry Lyons. Terry, welcome. Joe, pleasure to meet you. So Terry, you and Brian McIntyre were on one of the first podcasts we did probably two, three years ago when when you guys were up. And for people who don't know, uh, Terry was at the NBA over 25 years Uh, One of the original interns at the NBA when Larry O'Brien was commissioner got moved to his desk um, Because of some guy named Gary Bettman came to work on the legal side uh, at the NBA and ended up across from David Stern And here you are all these years later in Boston,
1: which is what we want to talk about today Yeah, it was amazing Uh, You know, everybody needs a break to get into sports and that indeed was my break back in 1980 and rode that train all the way to 2007, uh, an amazing period of time at the NBA. Mm-hmm. And you,
0: you've evolved from that period to kind of the entrepreneurial side here in Boston. And that's really, there's two areas I want to talk. And let's talk a little bit about the evolution of the Sloan MIT conference, because you were here probably from one of the, some of the original ones, second the, part, one, yeah. the second one, which was at MIT, Correct. as opposed to the Heinz Convention Center. Um, and the other thing is the growth of um, Boston VC sports uh, out of uh, what Jeff Volk and Deepin and Parikh and our group have done with New York VC Sports. Let's talk a little bit about Sloan. Um, in you, in your eyes, for both from someone who's on the other side helping with getting people here and from a media side with your one of your platforms, Digital Sports Desk Now, how has this event evolved?
1: Well, the size of it is absolutely Unbelievable. What were the uh,
0: first ones like? Like a couple hundred people?
1: Yeah, and you know, you could sit with pretty much everybody in one room over at MIT on the campus, mm. and uh, it was more um, a lot of people who didn't quite understand what the world would become at that point. But I think Jessica and Daryl Morey, who mm. was my entree to it, Daryl had worked with the Celtics and then right around then had become GM of the um, Houston Rockets. And they, when I moved up, they, I was encouraged to go over and actually spoke at BU the same day. Wow. They were doing a little small conference. Um, what I've taken from it is how much it's grown and the acceptance of the analytics, which I think has been well put here at this mm-hmm. conference. Mm-hmm. Um, Wick Grossbeck was just on a conference that we attended together, and he is so, so aggressive in that area, as is Mike Zarin, who's a a founding member of the Boston VC Sports. But they combined the analytics with Danny Ainge's old-fashioned, quote, luck, was the way uh, Wick put it, and insight, and using everything possible to win a basketball game and then to secure the future of the franchise. So I think... There's so many people here who recognize that now, that it has to be... It's not 100% analytics. It's not 100% guessing on a draft pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's basketball-centric. Of course, this conference covers every single aspect of every sport.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, before we get off the the, uh, the NBA side, um, Adam Silver spoke on the Friday of, of Sloan. Um, really interesting back and forth um, with Bill Simmons from The Ringer. Um, but I would imagine when adam first walked in the door working at nba entertainment um now commissioner coming up on a decade um or just past it's incredible
1: the decade. yeah um, it's, uh,
0: what do you, from, from the evolution of, of someone who was there at the beginning when adam came aboard um to now what are some of the things that, that jump out at you um adam is a person it's a, it's a, it's a great
1: question joe I, um, one is, I, I think Adam started around 1992, so mm-hmm. we had hit the springboard about that time, of course, uh, coinciding with the Barcelona Olympics. The heavy lifting and tough work was the early 80s. And I would say by mid-80s, we were starting to hit stride. On, mm-hmm. the, and David Stern, obviously, becoming commissioner 84, was the driving change to that. Mm-hmm. Um, there were just so many opportunities then. And Adam... Uh, quickly established himself first as David's chief of staff, but then when Bettman went to the NHL, Adam was promoted and and took on that senior role in entertainment. I think Adam appreciated and knew the history before he ever set foot in the NBA, mm. and that was a huge. And then he it was, you know, drummed into him by Stern and and Russ Granick and Rick Welts, and so he appreciated and understood the entire background of the NBA. And then, I think like everyone else, there, I often say that at the NBA there was one boss and everyone else was a worker and Adam was indeed a worker and all of us tried to outwork Stern, which was absolutely impossible. Mm-hmm. The opportunity started to come and I think Adam was very aggressive in a good way, too. That's not at all meant in negative. It was just very uh, progressive, mm-hmm. really, I guess is right. the proper word. Um, and that led the NBA to great Great fortune. So, uh, two takeaways. One is, I saw at the time I left the NBA, the torch was starting to be passed. I, in my wildest imagination, I didn't think it would go this well. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I could write wow. it, um, I think it's been tr- absolutely tremendous. Um, and that's credit to both David and Adam. Secondly, the thing that Adam said yesterday that really put me, set me back in my tracks was his viewpoint on the players. Um, and I think that might be his legacy. Um, He's really looking out. Um, Having players walk up to him, and although we see the big contracts and the money and all the uh, other thing, but having someone that is stuck in a hotel room for four days on a break who can't go out or who doesn't really have someone he can truly talk with, having some trouble, whether it's family issues or not playing well, uh, he's starting to see that and address it in a way that this league has never. Um, no league has even, really ever. Done no that. one's ever thought of it. Yeah. And it. and it's true. I've seen it. I've never. It was always one of those sort of. Oh, it's tough luck. You got to deal with it. You know, right. that's not the way to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Adam and um, Michelle Roberts at the Players Association have a new platform to work together for the good of the players, mm-hmm. and that will result in winning basketball games. That player is in a better frame of mind that the next night, whether he's sitting in his room or has a little bit of someone to talk to is probably what it comes down to. I think the Players Association has always tried to do that. The NBA dating back to when they hired Satch Sanders in the mid-'80s, around 86, as player programs was a big step. Um, or a sparrow. You know, mm-hmm. a bunch, Mel Davis, a bunch of great people there. But this needs to be focused upon, and, and Adam addressed that yesterday. You could hear his voice crack. hmm
0: it was very sincere. I mean, yes. extremely sincere. For um, for those who have not heard uh, the discussion between Adam Silver and, and Bill Simmons, uh, we encourage you to go to the Sloan, Analytics, Sloan MIT Analytics Sports Conference site and take a look at some of those videos because, yes. because it was really, really that interesting. Was the, that 30 was minutes best. on mental health. Talk yes. about that mental was, health was the best conference,
1: of the best panel that we yep. saw here. And mm-hmm. then... Uh, uh Wick Grossback and Genie Bus was, uh, that was the, the, one, the most uh, entertaining. Yep. Yeah.
0: And we're on the Saturday morning that the one of the ones that, that started the day was uh Wick Grossback, the owner of the Celtics and Genie Bus, uh, a longtime friend and the owner now the owner of the Lakers. Uh, back and forth, not just about the Celters Celtics Laker rivalry, but really a lot about the the evolution of a team and and what is successful from from a brand standpoint. And and I really think, and again, I think part of it, and I want to talk a little bit more about this event, but um, part of this event, especially with ESPN being involved, there's more talk about and more athletes about basketball here and, and the culture and the positive nature of whether it's basketball analytics or teams or owners than any other sport. I mean obviously baseball right now we're at the beginning of March so baseball is tied up in spring training in various places although there are some baseball pieces here. Um, The NHL really doesn't have a presence here. Uh, This year they have in the past. Um, The NFL does not really have a presence here. Um, Major League Soccer begins play this weekend so I think it's a little bit hard although Don Garber's been at this event before so the NBA really kind of takes center stage which is really kind of interesting but Talking about, you, you, you've had the unique perch of sitting at a table, kind of in the in the, the hallway of the Heinz Convention Center yes. for the last two days. The digital sports desk table, which has been common here, we claimed it. Yes. Right, right. Um, just some of your impressions about. The makeup of this this event compared to other events, the people that are coming around, the, the boots that you've looked at. What are some of your impressions?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, and I don't know the answer to why it's so basketball centric, but that's absolutely mm-hmm. so, and it always has been. Mm-hmm. I think. Well, you have Daryl. I think Daryl's yeah. leadership a little bit, but of course Jessica's with yep. the Patriots, so yep. um, I just think it's a basketball centric, and mm-hmm. I think the talk of player movement or free agency is just a big part of the nba of mm-hmm. the year 2019 it's just yep. the way it's going to be mm-hmm. and i think that's that's great mm-hmm. it's um i think some of the espn panelists lead to basketball jack McCallum is mm-hmm. here to the great sports yep. illustrated yep. you know yep. uh, simmons is obviously a mm-hmm. big time nba fan and a character in himself but um maybe the analytics apply a little bit better yep. to the to right the now sport. probably today yeah so, you and know. even though You know, we all grow up knowing every single uh, batting average and stat, and Mm -hmm. all the baseball stats are the best. And obviously, a huge part of that game. But it doesn't. I would love to see that surface here more. Mm
0: -hmm. So the people walking around. Tell us a little bit about the people who are passing by as they're getting coffee and and uh, box lunches.
1: What do you see when you're sitting there? Yeah, it's a great vibe. There are just so many people. Uh, I think the best part, and one of the reasons I love doing uh, things with Columbia, is the youth coming being inserted brings an enthusiasm and new ideas and um, it's really refreshing for somebody who's been in the business for 30 years mm-hmm. I, I find that the best mm-hmm. um, so trying to chat with a few of them and um, there's been a lot of functions around this so you you do get time on the social side as opposed to just being stuck in panel rooms all day right. um, as you walk around you see Hundreds of exhibits of everyone's ideas and, you know, many looking for investments or others, uh, you know, mid-level mm-hmm. and established and trying to impress some GM that's here. All of the teams in the NBA are certainly represented uh, on the statistical and analytics side, but also, you know, Jeannie Buss is here and Whit Krosbeck is here and they're mm-hmm. poking around and seeing ideas. Yep. Um, so I really, yep. I like to poke around and, and soak it in. Um, the other thing I would say for listeners to this, um, I would highly recommend just um, searching and um, looking at the Sloan MIT Sports Analytics site because after the conference, they cut up a lot of the pieces and make great mm-hmm. little videos that you can watch anytime time all year.
0: Yep. It's funny. Gambling has been part of this but not as front and center as it has been in other years because I think it's slowly evolving. Um, But the interesting thing is, and someone remarked last night, is like you could place bets on all those companies that are going down two and three hallways to figure out which ones will actually survive and be back next year. But uh, it's it's interesting to see the, the youthful enthusiasm of people. Who are have an idea and are trying to grow it? And I, you know, I've often said to people the title of my next book is going to be. It seemed like a good idea at the time, uh, and a lot of people out there could probably be chapters in that book at some point. But you hope that that, that they all work out.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's so difficult, and raising money is not easy. Um, I was speaking with a gentleman last night who said to me that he sees some eight hundred deals a year, mm-hmm. and in ten years he's done about eight deals. Yeah. Um, and out of the eight, maybe three work. Well, sure. right, and yeah. he's been able to cash in you know high percentage on that. Yeah. But um, that's what some of these entrepreneurs are facing, <laughs> and yep. um, it's not an easy road, but it is incredibly interesting. And I, I think at our uh, stage in the career, our job is to try, and what we emphasize at Boston VC Sports when we do meetings, it's not about cutting a deal that night or doing... Mm. The best answer somebody gives when we're speaking or an intro is, "Hey, I'm not sure if I can help you, but I'm sure I know someone who can." Be. The people and, who you meet along yeah, the way, yeah. And, and that intro is done a week after the meeting or ten days after the meeting, and then you get that call back that says, "Thank you." That that really helped us advance, or that that conversation saved me twelve months and a million dollars. Right. So,
0: um, so let's let's transition into Boston BC Sports. For those who don't know. Um, Probably over five years ago, uh, Jeff Volk and Deep and Parikh put put together a group in New York called New York Venture Capital Sports, NYVC Sports. There have been some events in San Francisco. Uh, There are probably eight or nine events that that they do a year. Uh, And one of the interesting offshoots of that that is growing pretty quickly is, is a Boston group, same thing, Boston VC Sports, of which Terry... Uh, is an intimate part of in putting on events but putting people together. So why don't you kind of walk us through the evolution and who's involved and where it sits right now.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting. It was a coincidence. I was in New York and and then you encouraged me to attend one of the meetings. It might have been their second or third meeting Um, Mm -hmm. and then to see a relatively small group grow. And very early on, I want to say two summers ago, I got aside with Jeff and he told me that he was thinking about trying to do it in Boston. And I was... Right in on it, no questions asked. Uh, And um, what occurred over this last summer, um, summer of 2018, is that um, Joseph Volman stepped up, and he's a partner at um, Burns & Levinson. And that gave us a a, a law firm Mm -hmm. uh, with a sports practice, Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll plug it for him but a bright guy, great guy to work with. And he laid the infrastructure, which was so important, which was a place to do the first meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, added a. I I highly recommend people check out bostonbcsports.com. Um, you'll see our founding members and you staged our first event in September, second one in December. We're planning another one for March 27th. I'm not sure if this will air before then or not, but, um, March 27th, 2019. Yes. So. And, um, mm-hmm. It's evolved, and, and what Jeff and Deepin see is exactly what happened in New York, is that mm. the right people are in the room, and there's some momen- a, a, a tremendous momentum. And um, one of the offshoots to that was I was approached by Sports Tech Tokyo. That's how I wanted to talk about, yeah, about that as well. And, and so. you know, they asked us some questions, and they're doing an accelerator yep. uh, with a combination of uh, United States base and Densu and, mm. uh, you know, a... Uh, Japanese. There's an awful lot of action going on in Asia over the next you know, five, all, all six... All coming like, out of Boston. <laughs> yeah, um, how about it?
0: Terry, Terry who are... Um, I don't want to talk about the, the Boston sports business scene for a minute versus New York, but um, who are some of the people that are involved in... in Boston VC Sports, Angela Riggiero and Sports iLab, and some of the, those.
1: Yes, things. Angela runs a sports lab. She um, and her company have been very active, and she uh, uh, headed up a panel for us last uh, December 19th, I think it was. Um, you know, the, there's five or six of us that all contribute in different ways, and everyone has a venue ties uh, stepped up, and Craig, and mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, it's been just a tremendous group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, all with different. All coming from different parts of the sports scene, which I think helps us mm-hmm. as we go forward. We all know different people. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a great conversation with Angela last uh, yesterday afternoon, and w- we agreed that we needed to keep pushing and try to stage more events more frequently. It was the, 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 and,
0: and for those who don't know, Angela is um, Hall two-time of fam- two-time Hall of Famer, Olympic yeah. Hall of Fame hockey ice hockey player. Yeah. Played at Harvard. Um, Olympic gold medalist legendary yep. career and has now really gone into the innovation space with
1: Sports Island yeah, sport, so. it, her group helps companies analyze and make decisions based on mm-hmm. data and is in some cases sales and, yep yeah But uh, but Dynamic, Mm -hmm. Um, she hosted a group It's interesting. It's a little bit of an offshoot. You know, we just talked about Sports Tech Tokyo. Angela headed up something that brought um, Canada here to Boston and and a bunch of Canadian companies that are looking to navigate the United States sports world. And Mm -hmm. that's done through their tourism and, you know, State Department more or less for Canada. And that's led us to some things. So it's fun to watch the road, you know, you hit a a place where you can go in five or six different directions mm-hmm. from from starting up one meeting with maybe 100 people in the room.
0: So I, I want to talk a little bit about that and about Sport Tech Tokyo, but talk about, give people uh, who may not know kind of like what the sports business scene is like now in Boston versus when you first got here.
1: Yeah. In the formation meetings for Boston VC Sports, we address that heavily. We realized that Boston is a very small town, and I think there's, uh, even for me, growing up in New York, when I moved up here, I thought it was going to still be a big city, but this is a pretty small town. What it does have is it has an amazing tech, health care, tons of business. Obviously, the mm. universities alone mm. could drive it. What are some it's, of the
0: businesses that it, you've kind of come across? Obviously, New Balance is here, and Puma is here. Yeah, the, you know, w-
1: w- one of the things that I delve into heavily right around this time of year, be, you know, right after Sloan... Um, Heavy work for the Boston Marathon, and so mm-hmm. much of that in the running industry is amazing. I have the um, privilege of working with Catherine Switzer. She brings us into Adidas. She has a sponsorship with Tell Bose. Everybody who Catherine. Switzer Catherine was, the, was um, the first woman to enter and then complete the Boston Marathon. There was uh, uh, one-woman runner the year before that sort of just jumped in the race but Catherine was uh and it wasn't smart. Rosie Ruiz but uh, yeah you know, she no no it wasn't you know but as she started out that race uh, the race director for Boston Athletic Association um, actually accosted her on the race course and tried to to stop her from running and you know what is this woman doing in my race was the line I think and her boyfriend at the time, who was also a Syracuse linebacker, and, and did a body block on the guy, and just said to Catherine, "Run!" Mm-hmm. So at that point in time, she was thrust into the limelight because, by coincidence, this is 1967 or mm-hmm. 68, maybe it was. Um, they were right in front of the press truck, so it was actually recorded. He would still photography mm-hmm. some amazing things. Check it out, Catherine Switzer. Um, but so you know, yep. to answer your question, there's there's a vibrant shoe industry right here with Mm. all the companies uh, doing work and a lot of it coming out of the running side as opposed to the basketball side Mm. Um, and that leads you into every direction Um, uh, you know state the obvious that there is no town in this country and possibly in the world that is more sports-minded than boston it's one of the reasons Mm. i moved here Um, every single person on every street mm-hmm. is either wearing a celtics jersey or you know go over to the bruins game and you just it's a you know the tagline is a fabric of life but this is far beyond mm-hmm. far beyond anything i would ever seen
0: and it's funny we've had um in the, the three days we've been here at sloan we started at the harvard business school for rick harrow's kind of kickoff at stephen grazer another legend so harvard has a sports business club We went to a Wharton event. Obviously, Wharton has a a, a tremendous history that was started by Ken Tropshire and and Scott Rosner um, on on their sports business side. Um, I would imagine that most of the universities here have some kind of either... Component in sports business, or at a business school, that there there are different pieces where people can get started. But if you're a young person looking to places for jobs and opportunity, or someone who's redoing their career, is Boston a good place to come? You you came here. I did, and
1: I loved it from the first time I came up as a kid. And then um, when I decided to step down at the NBA, there was really just one, Mm -hmm. you know, there's one choice, and I I wanted to move here. But one of the coolest things about Boston that I'm not sure non-Bostonians, even Bostonians probably don't think about it because they take it for granted, is every year, uh, you know, sometime late August to September 1st, this town changes because just... Hundreds and thousands of students descend upon it. Right. Uh, you named a few, but uh, you know Emerson, the Boston BU, College, exactly and, BU, right. and there's a vibrancy to that, that and a mm. diversity that that is incredible with all these international kids coming. And you see it, mm. you feel it. You see the population of the city rise right in front of your eyes. All those kids are out going to games at Fenway. The Sox do a tremendous job mm. getting those kids to become Sox fans in college, yep. and they stay that way. Um, so there's all this little behind the scenes thing that goes on but Ooh. but Boston is such a great town for sports and I think the sports business needs to catch up to that. Mm-hmm. It's not, you, you still have to go to New York to get some deals done and some business and the money and so but on. But it's changing. It's it, I think it's growing yes mm-hmm. but it, it has to improve. Right.
0: Um, in the last couple minutes talk about, a little bit more about what the heck Sports Tech Tokyo is and it's funny, we've seen all these um, really, the Dodgers Accelerator was one of the first ones that came out. It was big, a big one at University of St. Louis. Scott O'Neill and, and the guys in, in um, with Harris Blitzer Sports Entertainment have created a little bit of an incubator in Philadelphia. Um, um, and now it's starting to look more international. There's one in, I think it's in Qatar. Um, you've seen some of the, the soccer clubs like Real Madrid now starting kind of a sports accelerator incubator. Um, tell me a little bit more about, about Sports Tech Tokyo. Yeah,
1: I, I was uh, introduced to it through a former NBA colleague, and that being uh, Michael proman who had been at the league office uh, going back to, to when I was working in, and he worked in international TV sales. His career took off. He's been doing a bunch of things, but he joined uh, forces just recently with Scrum Ventures out of San Francisco. and um, Scrum like rugby scrum. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. that's the wink-wink I guess. Mm-hmm. The um, the money behind it is largely Dentsu, which is a huge mm-hmm. Japanese uh, advertising agency. And again, the long arm of the NBA, Tim Andre is, heads that up. And, and to
0: everybody, and Tim Andre was, to, what was his role when he was at the NBA? He was just you know, he like head inter- communications guy. Yeah, yeah, an
1: interesting story. It was a, a, his claim to fame is that... a pretty that good he, center at Notre he, Dame. He were, whatever, right? So. He was the center at Notre Dame that the great Danny Ainge then from BYU drove the length of the court and scored on 14 mm-hmm. um, Andre forever posterized and we always tease him about it. Uh, great guy and um, he, he at the NBA it was a late, I want to say 2001 or so mm-hmm. uh, was asked to come in. He had more experience Uh, working for Toyota in uh, Japan, a bunch of companies out of New Jersey and brought a different perspective to the NBA and was asked, uh, you know, to sort of uh, bring the NBA's communications department under one report that he reported to Adam at the time, I believe. Mm -hmm. And... um, he went on and, and it he was left a game there, changer. There, and, yeah, and he was a game changer at the NBA, and really recognized the power of the staff we had, yep. and then picked a few places. One of them being research. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay Kaufman, a BC guy, mm-hmm. uh, was asked the task to, to increase the research and information, and that all delves into this conference, quite frankly, because mm-hmm. uh, the NBA we were winging it a lot, making decisions based on. Uh, Strong opinion or recommendations from the teams, but we started getting better analytics to grow the audience, and that changed drastically under Tim. And then,
0: um, so so Dentsu is a massive advertising agency in every country, every big city, massive offices in New York, great partnerships uh, with companies like MKTG, um, and uh, out of that, and obviously based in Japan. so, Sports Tech Tokyo, what is it supposed well, but, to be? Well,
1: but, you know, it's an accelerator, the same as what so you explain. explain Explain that. Um, it's, they're looking at about 100 and 150 companies that they will help, first off, provide a whole list, a growing list, hundreds of people willing to pitch in and be mentors. In Japan? Uh, no, globally. Okay. Totally globally, and a lot of So, it's them, a misnomer that it's called A little bit. Tech Tokyo. I think it's based there, but, you know... I'm varying the lead here. Um, There's this thing, the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. Um, This summer is the World Championship of Basketball. The first time they're tagging at the World Cup, that happens to be in China. There's rugby, there's soccer, you know, you name it, it's going to be in Asia. We work very hard here in the United States and really don't have those level of international tournaments. Mm -hmm. We have the NBA and the the Super Bowl, obviously, um, so on, but they are getting ahead of the curve to try to generate that interest coming out of Asia for the first the time. The business I mean, interest? like The, the, the business, interest business interest, and uh, as Michael explained it to me, there's a full awareness of everything that's going on, but to some extent, they just don't know how to engage. Mm. So it becomes a networking effort, and then 100 companies will be boiled down to 40 or 50. And they've and
0: named some of them, right? Yeah, or they've
1: named them all. Do you remember some of I don't. Stuff? It's a long list, right. and, and uh, it's actually coming right now, so that's mm. something I need to do some homework on. But mm. um, what we're going to be asked to do Again, it's hundreds of people, so maybe I might work with one or two of mm-hmm. the companies that as a might, mentor as a mentor and probably to help them navigate the world of sports, which I think is is I sort of use that as a tagline on on my resume in that I can quickly introduce someone to the right person or save them time and money by not wasting their efforts and money.
0: But they are they are not just everybody should be clear. These can be any companies anywhere. They don't have to be Japanese companies. No, correct? not at all.
1: And most of them on that list are American companies. And
0: it and- is the ultimate sign off, like you said, to Help them grow so that they have a bigger platform, not just in the United States, but in Asia as well. With Correct, these big and okay. maybe take advantage
1: of that wave of Asian sports, uh, you know, mm-hmm. global mm-hmm. events that are, are descending upon Asia over the next five to ten years. Right, and, and starting now.
0: Mm-hmm. And where is it based? Is it based here in Boston? Or he is, is based.
1: It, um, it's largely a San Francisco office, right. but he is flying to Tokyo, and a lot most of the influence is coming out of the Densu office in Japan. Okay.
0: Um, good, and, and in the last couple minutes that we have here, Terry, other impressions like um, some of the businesses or some of the ideas or things that you've heard here at Sloan in the past forty-eight hours or at Harvard Business School that really kind of stood out—that that you know. You've had a couple of, you know, aha moments. Anything that's kind you of You
1: know, one, one came as an offshoot, and, and it was an interesting venture that's going to be starting up in Connecticut called the Connecticut United, a new uh, oh, right. soccer...
0: Uh, I think you were going to say Connecticut branches. School of Broadcasting. No, no. That, I like, found it so.
1: interesting, yeah. and it's so yeah. hard. This one's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're going to be bringing some expertise uh, from owners of uh, prior owners of uh, soccer clubs in uh, Scotland and their focus is to actually do more on the academy side. Yep. So I see it as semi community relations, but uh, you know the international uh, football they call it of mm-hmm. course. Uh, they certainly do not think the level of coaching and academy style work um, here on in the, the U.S. Soccer right front here. is done properly. In the United yep. and States. and that
0: has been said by a lot of yes. European yes. clubs. They—they want they to build, do you to build your system.
1: Right. They really want to. Connecticut United, about where I didn't. Um, it's going to be in Sun, the or? area. Yeah, in the area around Mohegan Sun, and right. there's. Uh, you know Some business plans that might or might not include them, there is an opportunity there. And um, it's
0: not MLS, it's not USL, it's a lower level, yes, kind of new yes.
1: approved league by USI, And it was sanctioned, they they were just sanctioned, and it yeah. uh, takes on a sanctioning fee and everything. So they're trying to do it right, mm. but uh, I, my takeaway from it was I liked the idea... Uh, and their, loca- their choice of location is very interesting because that is mm-hmm. a growing area yep. and a sports complex to go with it. So okay. uh, one of my suggestions to them was, hey, there's going to be time when these fields are empty. Maybe we could get some lacrosse in there.
0: Yeah, um, makes sense.
1: You know, And, and there's a burgeoning the lacrosse community here in Massachusetts, certainly in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Uh, UConn's not that far away there. There's a lot going on. And, so and, and I who's the connection, by the way? Um, the the, my connection to it is uh, uh, Joe Lorenzo, who's <laughs> a member of the uh, Boston VC Sports. A legend in Boston. Uh, Boston. Absolute so. legend. He could run for mayor uh, mm. and uh, and win. Um, and Joe Joe DiLorenzo Joe, by Joe the way was the chief financial officer of the Celtics going back to when the yep. team was public and and he reported to Jan Volk and Red Auerbach and and, and he
0: also and one of the few people that worked for both the Celtics and the Bruins correct? right. The he employer? cut his
1: teeth yeah. uh, at, in the ticket department too, yeah. which I think uh, is always a recommendation to the young mm. people. Yeah. If you can get a job in a ticket office, uh, mm. take it. It is incredibly difficult, but you will learn more there than anywhere else in sport.
0: So, Connecticut United, Adam Silver talking about you know the mental health and wellness of players. Um, Anything else? One other one that maybe kind of jumps out as like an entrepreneurial one that you say, "Hey, I'm going to go follow those guys." Um,
1: no, I can't say anything. Jump to that level. Wow. I I, I, um, I think we, we keep in mind as we, this is being recorded, we have a full day ahead of us here. Mm. Um, and on Saturday, it's a little bit easier going. Here's Friday, you're just running through panels. Today's the day that I hope to delve in and, and visit some of the tables and mm-hmm. exhibitors. And, and everything there's got there to be seventy five exhibitors. There are, and it's just yeah. you look down, and every single guy has an idea, and they're they're. Mm-hmm. On the way, you know it 's mm-hmm. not like they're startups um, so I, uh, my takeaway on this conference so far was Adam silver hands down
0: mm, yep cool so um one last note is talk a little bit about digital sports desk, and then you know where can everybody? Let's we'll go through the whole list of you know things that people should be following if they're interested in Boston. sports. Yeah,
1: thank you. I appreciate that. Um, when I came up, you know, you're involved in the games and attending, and credentials are never a factor. And one of the things I uh, wanted to do was I wanted to not ask a favor, but to earn my keep at a game, and I work incredibly hard doing it as a sole proprietor. And I decided that I would keep it very simple. No drop boxes, no crazy previews of the games, results of the games. And then it also gives me a platform when I want to write about sports business or an opinion piece on, on anything that goes on in sport. I do have a platform, and it's I've grown it. It's been, I've been at it about sure. seven, eight years. Um, Called Digital Sports Desk. DigitalSportsDesk.com. Mm-hmm. If you're a Boston fan, it's a quick and easy catch up on what happened last night who's Mm -hmm. playing tonight I concentrate on the four major sports Um, I do a little bit of Big East basketball just for my own interest I try to cover a little bit of Boston College um, anything that's in the news and then um, every now and then a conference like this comes along where I could probably write 40 columns Mm -hmm. out of it and those are appreciated Uh, you know I find them picked up on Twitter and um, it's nice uh, to have your opinion uh, valued and, and you know I I look forward to doing more and more and it's um, at Digital Sports Desk
0: at Terry Lyons t-e-r-r-y-l-y-o-n-s good follows and then Boston VC Sports is at Boston VC Sports
1: at uh, Boston VC Sports and VC stands for Venture Community Mm -hmm. on Digital Sports Desk uh, it's too long a title so it's at dig D I G sports desk and uh, Mm -hmm. that is uh, it's a lot of fun I, I enjoy using the social media one other step here you know, being of the quote older generation in sports, this has kept me current, mm-hmm. and and I think that is it's very easy to stay current as long as you work at it. Right. Um, so there's no way right from the get go of social media. Uh, you keep in mind, while I was at the NBA, this thing called the internet started. Right. And, By Al and, Gore. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Right. Al Gore started yeah. the internet just mm-hmm. for the NBA. I might mean, yep. add. We used to have to fax paper or put it in the mail or a FedEx Forget, box. We can't even go into it that is that incredible, defense. right? But now everything is right at your fingertips globally. Yep. I push a button, you can read it on the streets of mm. uh, Marrakesh, Morocco, as Wick just said, yep, watching that, his game. Time, yep. 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 he was saying he was watching uh, either yesterday's or the or earlier in this week on his uh, mobile phone in, in Morocco yep. with a um, a feed and high def, the yep. same as at we. At one was, uh, Yep, and it, that's what the world has become, and, lost. and we used to have a tough time getting the games out or the results or mm-hmm. uh, uh, giving a broadcaster some kind of information so he could call the game intelligently mm. it's all right at your fingertips so that was the, in my career that of course was the game changer mm. and uh, at that time in international public relations that was I saw it from the first second that we were on it and uh, to David Stern's credit we invested a lot of money at NBA.com and, uh, it's taken off from there and Sports Tech Tokyo where can people find that? Um, at sportstechtokyo.com. That was easy. Yeah, 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 very simple. And and you can surf that. They they do a good job on their Twitter feed. I think it's been in in startup mode for them now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're form- formulating their plans and you'll see much more of that this summer.
0: Great. So, Terry Lyons, once again, thanks for joining us on The Cusp Show.
1: Pleasure, as always.
0: Cool. I'm Joe Favarito, uh sitting in for my co-host Tom Richardson who is on his way back to New York uh, and my co-host sometimes Scott Rosner as well, uh, running around at the Sloan, uh, Sloan Sports Conference in Boston here at the beginning of March. This has been The Cusp Show, and once again, I'm Joe Favorito. Thanks for joining.